Hello, and welcome to the Ecom Ops Podcast. We believe that there is more than enough content focused on e-commerce marketing and not enough content celebrating the real heroes of e-commerce, those running the operation. Each week, we find and interview an e-commerce operations expert to share the secrets behind how some of this industry's most exciting businesses are run. And now, your host, Norbert Strapler, the CEO of Sync Spider. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sync Spiders Ecom Ops podcast. Today on air with Marin Garov and Julian Zamariev from Durover. And both guys are also Shopify experts and Shopify developers. So really great to have you here, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Great to be yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Great to have you here. You guys, um, tell, tell me a bit about yourself. What are you exactly doing? Go ahead, Marie. Take okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> Nobody wants to answer. That's great. Marie's older. Yeah. That's why he should go first. He's older. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Respect for the uh, for the age. Yeah. <laughs> One difference. Um, actually, Julian and I have a very, uh, very similar almost shared CV, especially over the last uh, four or five years, I think. Uh, we know each other from for more than 15 years uh, now. We studied in the same high school. We were sitting in the same desk. Eventually, uh, once we left Bulgaria, uh, we also ended up, uh, after a couple of years, uh, living together as well as roommates, like sharing a house for some time. Uh, and this is how, uh, the in the middle of that, the idea for Dulo was born as well. Uh, that happened in 2017, and uh, we had the uh, need to find a dress shirt that's very easy to wear, that it's not, uh, that doesn't require ironing, that doesn't uh, make you feel super uncomfortable when it's wet, so you cannot move your arms because it's too tight. So we looked for something to solve our own problem, and eventually decided to make the solution ourselves in our own home country of uh, Bulgaria, which has big traditions in clothing manufacturing. And when we did that, uh, we actually also thought about uh, our e-commerce uh, platform because we wanted to start like online only. Um, and at the time, uh, we we have been working as developers already for a few years. Uh, that's our main uh, background for the like past couple of years, um, where we work a lot in the development. And we were pretty familiar with Shopify. This is how we started building our own shop on Shopify. Um, and that curiosity eventually drove us to a career of as well being full-time working as well on the side uh, as Shopify developers. So those are basically the two things that we're really busy with uh, at the moment these days, building Dulo, our baby, and at the same time helping other e-commerce companies uh, on the Shopify side. That's great. Uh, I've, I've seen you've been on uh, Kickstarter as well, right? With, with Dulo. How was this, this experience being on uh, on Kickstarter? Julian, you want yeah, to Yeah, it, it was interesting. Yeah, so our campaign ended about, I guess, a week or two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, it was the, the project was funded, so we're quite happy with that. Uh, obviously, it gives you kind of a good uh, data point that people are interested in the product. Uh, so we're currently manufacturing all those products uh, from the Kickstarter campaign. And then with that, we relaunched the website as well. We did a bit of a rebranding exercise. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, and uh, yeah, so in the next couple of weeks, uh, once the production is kind of in a good uh, good stage, uh, we relaunched the website as well with the new branding and uh, yeah, a little bit of a redesign as well. 
Perfect. And are you doing the design yourself or do you have externals that help you with design? Uh, we're going to do it ourselves because we're, so we we're not funded externally. So everything that we, mm -hmm. we need to invest in Dulo comes from our own, uh, you know, savings or income. Uh, so we'll do it ourselves, but we'll use a, a, a theme, a Shopify theme to just base it on top of. And then any customizations that we might need, we'll just build on top of that. Perfect. What's your, besides Shopify, what's your e-commerce stack? Do you have any additional um, connectors or um, or or, or uh, do you plan to, to implement something? For Dulo, nothing in particular because our process is very simple and very uh, straightforward. Basically, once we launched uh, two, two and a half, three years ago, um, we basically produced around 800 shirts We shipped them to our headquarters in Amsterdam, which was also our house. That became our warehouse. Yeah, uh, basically, every order that was coming in, we just fulfill it ourselves, print the labels, pack everything, ship it to the like local DHL store. And uh, from there, it just goes to the people who, uh, who bought the shirts. Uh, this time around, uh, we have uh, double of uh, of the inventory so it's not feasible anymore to have it at home so uh, we have a warehouse in bulgaria very close to where the production is happening we also wanted to limit the transport of the product as well to kind of limit the the, the carbon emissions as well on that front so now the shirts are going to leave almost uh, as close to the place of manufacturing as uh, it possibly can um, but again, we're just using the Shopify uh, backend for this uh, because we found it for our purposes, for our volumes, it's more than enough. Uh, and yeah, personally, I don't have experience with other tools, but I think, Julian, you might have more experience working for some clients. Uh, yeah, I mean, just to touch on top of that, I was thinking that the other day that we we might need to build some sort of automation that uh, communicates when the orders come in and we need to communicate it to the warehouse back in Bulgaria. So we just see based on, you know, ease of implementation or the costs of that, whether it's going to be something manual just in the beginning if the, when, the, when the orders are, until they get just too much to handle manually. We might need to build out something that's automated or we just make it simple, you know, just send them an email when we get an email. Uh, but yeah, working with Shopify, I think both of us, both with clients and in, uh, well, not so much in our store, but with clients we've used, you know, the Shopify's got a nice app store. Uh, so anything that uh, doesn't make sense to build out in a custom way, uh, we often just try out a few apps uh, to whether we, you know, if they, they do the, the job well. And then depending on that, we can either maybe scrap it and build it ourselves if we're not happy with it, or we just keep using it. That's good. That's good. Yeah, great way. Uh, typically, I, I know quite some agencies that work exactly the same. So it's it's the the, the, the app market is really huge at Shopify, and uh, there are a lot of, of of things there that you could use uh, for for something. And yeah, sometimes you need to further develop it. That's that's absolutely the case. But it's great to have a great uh, or a big library of of, of available tools. Um, so your Focus at the moment is the own store and to push that, or do you also want to go to um, several marketplaces like uh, Amazon or, or eBay? 
Currently, the focus is on uh, really developing our own space. Mm -hmm. um, last year, in the beginning of last year, we played a little bit with the idea of going to Amazon, like putting our products on Amazon and using their services as well. But uh, considering that what we're doing is just the two of us, and we also have to take care of other things, as I mentioned, um, uh, we are still investing in Dulo, our own resources. So like majority of the time, we still spend on development or other e-commerce work for clients as well. And really to understand Amazon, to learn the whole platform from scratch, uh, yeah, we just saw that it's going to take too much resources and time um, and decided to put that on the shelf for the foreseeable future. Um, so yeah, for now, the focus is really to clarify our own vision and to communicate it clearly on our own website. What do your customers say when you sell yourself a web shop yourself? What, what do they say? Uh, you're an agency. Why don't you have a web store yourself? Or what, what, what do you expect from you as, an, um, as, as developers? Uh, well, I think starting, so we started the business which was using Shopify before we got into web development with Shopify. So that really helped us get into it, uh, both on the like, CV-wise, so we can say we can show that we've got previous experience. Uh, uh, and as well, we've got some experience also when you start the job, because we were kind of freshly starting into Shopify development. Uh, you've got some background to, to fall back on, so you kind of you're safe that you're doing your job well from the beginning. Mm. Uh, and then once you get into it, yeah, we've been we've been in shop, working with Shopify maybe for about two years now, uh, kind of full time because we both do it during the day with clients, and then in the evenings or in the mornings uh, for Dulo. Um, yeah, so that helped, and the kind of being encapsulated in that whole environment helps us a lot because we don't have to switch between platforms. You know, we work with Shopify during the day, then in the evening if we need to do something, we're still in Shopify, so we don't have to. Kind of, it's easier to switch. That's cool, and I think for the for the for the customers that you have, it's uh, you're feeling the same pain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we discussed that with Marie because I've got a client who's also a kind of a sole co-founder with just a few a few more mm -hmm. employees. So communicating the the things that need to be done is easier when we've got understanding from both sides. So I've got understanding from his point of view, from business business perspective. And then he also had some background uh, technically, so it's, it's easier to translate what needs to be done, uh, which helps the process, yeah, definitely. That's that's absolutely, yeah. And um, I, I, I've, I've understood that uh, for you, automation is not um, a big thing at the moment, maybe in the future, but how are your clients? What what do do they automate or what, what problems do they face with automation? In my experience, what I've worked mostly with uh, when you, on the client side uh, is um, issues usually with returns and exchanges. Uh, this is a process that can be very complex. Um, and uh, even if you're a small company, that can be quite complex to handle uh, because there are so many variables. So people are uh, using uh, different tools. I think SendCloud is a very popular one that... Uh, uh, that uh, yeah, some of my clients, for example, are using to handle this process completely automatically. Um, other things that could be very important are also to display very customized messages, especially about delivery windows based on uh, like customers' locations, especially if you're selling in different countries. That can be very complex uh, to solve. Um, but I'm not aware of any solutions other than building something uh, custom, custom, like custom made based on location detection and all of that. But yeah, for me, I think the handling of uh, of uh, shipping uh, and returns and return labels exchanges 
that's probably the biggest area where I've seen the need for uh, people to use tools and automation. You ship yourself. So what's your uh, stack for shipping? Well, for us, it's uh, just Shopify and um, order printer if we want to have an invoice specifically created. But uh, really, it's just using the Shopify backend and directly printing the labels from the uh, yeah, vendor. Because um, as I mentioned, until recently, we were just pretty much just uh, ourselves fulfilling everything. So we'd go on the website of the delivery company and we would compare DHL versus UPS because for different parts of the world, because we were shipping internationally, like yeah. all over the world. Wow, wow. Uh, that's, that's... We would have a very different uh, services and level of mm. services um, as well. Um, so, yeah, we we'll do a lot of comparison and then uh, kind of go. But once you do it, you pretty much know that for outside of Europe, you would go with DHL because it's the most affordable one. If you want something to really, really go on time and to be very, uh, very reliable, you would go with UPS, for example. Within Europe, you would go with DPD. And yeah, once you have an account, it's very easy to just put in all the information and uh, like print a label, stick it, yeah. ship it. Stick it and ship it. Absolutely. Fast, out, go. Um, it's it's a hard question because uh, with with Corona currently, uh, all the, plane, the plans changed, at least in the last interviews I had the uh, past few weeks. Um, how are your plans for, for 2020, 2021? What, uh, what are your op plans um, for, for growing, for um, adding tools or, or uh, marketplaces? Yeah, well, the thing that we mentioned uh, previously, I think, needs to. Uh, what some, I mean, we need to implement it soon. So the and usually to touch upon the previous, uh, the previous point, the most complicated, I think, part of the journey is let's say post checkout. So it's, uh, for example, based on my experience, just validating the payment method, and then that, then the the the, the communication between the company and the the fulfillment company. So it needs to be synced quite well. Uh, so in our case, being that the second collection will be shipped uh, externally, we do need to think of a, of a system that, that, that handles that in a smart way, uh, both efficiently and also cost-wise. And then we don't need to complicate it as well because it's a still a small operation, just the two of us. Uh, so we need something uh, really simple that works for now and then just build on top of that if the scale gets uh, bigger. Uh, but I think, uh, yeah, besides that, I mean, we also kind of, yeah, I can't think of anything main that kind of stops our operation besides that. Uh, but yeah, just uh, if we find something that improves the process, we'll definitely look into it. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, today I have two, or two, two times the same question. Um, but it's always interesting. Who taught you the most about e-commerce? What have you learned? Um, personally, I have a couple of names that I follow on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, the, almost all of them are based in the US uh, that are really at the forefront, I think, of uh, e-commerce and of uh, solutions and tools and where in general e-commerce is going, not specifically about uh, Shopify. Uh, uh, one of the uh, one of the sources that I follow regularly and a subscriber as well is the newsletter. Uh, it's called the 2 p.m. newsletter. It's 2 p.m. 
l.com i think is the is the url where you could go they send a, a weekly newsletter with really interesting insights about uh, e-commerce new developments that you might want to know um, at this moment for us it's also very interesting to learn about uh, more and more about marketing and branding as well because we're building a, a brand that's uh, very new and uh, building this trust takes a lot of effort and a lot of time and if people don't know about it it's uh, yeah very hard to convince customers to check out um, so following a couple of accounts uh, on that front as well but uh, yeah personally for me uh, Twitter is the best place to go and search for that type of information there are more and more people sharing their process openly find uh, other entrepreneurs, business owners who have uh, their own businesses that you admire, who are active on Twitter. Uh, and they often share a lot of their experience uh, through Twitter threads or threads or uh, videos. Uh, and you can learn a lot from those because they're real practitioners. They're out there in the field um, and they do quite a lot of interesting uh, things all the time. Very interesting. Absolutely. And you, Julian, the same or uh, any yeah, specific? I think we, yeah, we, I think Marine keeps uh, very on top of those things. I'm usually, uh, I'm smart and lazy and just let him tell me about it <laughs> rather than follow it myself. Uh, but yeah, just well, those sources that Marine mentioned, also just through experience as well, kind of find it easier just to do stuff ourselves, see the fail or succeed, and then based on top of that, just move forward. And uh, of course, working during the day with bigger clients also gives us a perspective on what the business would look like uh, once it gets bigger. Uh, but yeah, I'm a big fan of, you know, trying something yourself and then seeing whether it works or not and then move forward with those lessons. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, guys. Thank you very much for your time. I think we learned a lot again today from, uh, yeah, developers, experts in Shopify that have their own web store. So this is really, um, something that you don't see that often. Um, and it's, it's very, um, yeah, it's amazing that you do the part that you sell to your clients yourself and that you feel the pain and that you see everything the clients also face. So if someone comes to you and has, uh, has a problem, uh, you mostly know exactly what they're talking about. It's not um, human to developer and you need to have a translator. Yeah. Uh, it's you feel it. That's nice. and great to see. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having Thanks. us on. Good store. luck with your store and with Thank your you. development. Bye-bye. Very much. Bye. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for Ecom Ops Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.